you're listening to the Bearded Theologians podcast, hosted by Zach Bechtold and Matt Franks. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast, and check us out online at beardedtheologians.com. You are listening to the Bearded Theologians podcast, hosted by Zach Bechtold and Matt Franks. And we are continuing on in our Linton study, uh, Linton podcast series on the social uh, principles of the United Methodist Church. And today we're going to encounter, um, maybe briefly, or I don't really know how, uh, but we're going to encounter the nurturing community uh, and the social principles that go along with it. And as, that, as Matt and I have talked before, there's a lot here. Um, just within this, this one, there's eight or nine uh subheadings well there's more than that there's a bunch bunch of different subheadings and things that we look at in looking at the nurturing community but we kind of want to just highlight and talk about what the nurturing community is rather than going in depth uh particularly on on one social principle or another uh we would like to invite you to do that on your own so we just want to highlight this and, and open it up and open the conversation and so the nurturing community uh, it talks about the community provides the potential for nurturing human beings into the fullness of their humanity. We believe we have a responsibility to innovate, sponsor, and evaluate new forms of community that will encourage develop development of the fullest potential in individuals. And, and that's just the opening paragraph of this, or part of the opening paragraph to this section. And so, Matt, what what do we do with that? How do we how do we do that very thing, uh, provide the potential for nurturing human beings into the fullness of their humanity? So as I was thinking about that, and um, we, had, we had the great blessing of yesterday interviewing um, Caitlin Hansen from yeah. uh, Church for All People, um, and that podcast will air in, uh, after Easter. After Easter. Um, but I was thinking about something that she had said. She kept talking about um, church's third community. Uh, third place, sorry, third place. Yeah. Uh, your first place being your home, your second place being your work, your third place being the organizations and other places that you spend your time and, and energy and effort. And, and one of the things that I've been thinking about a lot lately, and I've done that here in Tahlequah, is thinking about how can the church provide the best third place for people to want to, that, that, that has something for everybody that, that can be a place for, for, for acceptance and love uh, for everybody, not just a select group of people, but then also offer opportunities for people to grow uh, in their faith and, and, and to be healthy and, and, and all those avenues. And, and I think that what, what's crazy is, and, and I was thinking about this in regards to the Methodist mission statement, is that the church provides the most significant arena for discipleship making mm-hmm. to occur. And in thinking about this, this nurturing community, if the church really took up the idea that, hey, um, we don't want our kids to be fat anymore. So let's, let's do some things and, and work uh, out some ideas that where we can uh, help our kids not be fat anymore and, 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 and live healthy lifestyles and learn how to eat healthy and, and provide programs and, and understanding and, and things to do. You know, that, that's living into this. As you look through the social principles and you look through the nurturing community, that's really what these are speaking to is, is uh, for things to provide spaces for people that are um, doing things like, um, you know, making sure that the mental health is, is, a, is a big one and a big topic these days. 
you know, finding ways that we can help uh, grieving families, finding ways that we can help marriages. Um, my big deal is strengthening marriages. And um, we're just actually, we have two weeks left in our marriage course. And I'm hoping that out of this marriage course, I've got a couple of college students who are going to take the marriage preparation course into the college to be able to provide a, a space for, to strengthen marriages even before marriages happen. And then finding if the church can be a place to strengthen marriages in the middle of marriages, maybe that will help lead to lesser divorce and, and other issues uh, that, that those tend to happen. And so the church does provide the most significant arena for, for nurturing community to happen if they understand the needs and, and desires and wants and, and the issues within the community. If they can do that and do it well, it's amazing to see how the kingdom will be made. Right. And, and you know, when we, when we do that, when we provide these spaces and places, um, it, it, it talks about nurturing human in the fullness of their humanity um, and, and taking, <laughs> taking it on us as the responsibility to do that, to create those spaces and to create the opportunities to do that. And it's finding those ways in our, our own community, our own context. Um, you know, there's, there's a couple, I mean, it's different everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. And so maybe it's marriage courses, maybe it's food kitchens, maybe it's clothing pantries and bike shops and, uh, maybe it's just simply having your doors open. Um, that's something we're looking at here is, is just physically having our doors open. And when we're here, the coffee pot's on, right? Uh, and, and creating this space where people can come in. Uh, that's the biggest uh, uh, kind of the, uh, the stressor or, I don't know, the biggest thing that I keep hearing in this town, well, there's no, no place for people to go if it's not a bar. Uh, and I struggle with that because it's like, well, let's go to the bar. Let's, let's engage people where they are and quit making them come to us. Um, and, and there's this urge for a coffee shop or something like that, but people have put plenty of them in and they failed. They, there's been two, we've been here since August, so not even a year. And there's at least been two coffee shops that have been open and gone out of business. And so my question becomes, well, is there a need for a coffee shop or is there a need for a place? Uh, coffee is not bringing people in the door but what is yeah. community where people are gathering. And so you're, you're I, I love, I love that idea and talking yeah, uh, on the podcast yesterday is that it come out in April, that third place. How do we create this space where people want to go and spend their time there? And how do we do it and make it revolve around the church that does this, that brings people into the fullness of their humanity that offers dignity to not only them, but people they could be serving or bringing in the door with them or, you know, however that impacts their lives. Maybe they go home and they're a little less stressed and, um, and, and engage with their families better or engage with the community better, you know, that, that all goes into that. So I guess the thing would be um, for us to reflect upon in these, in the season of Lent is how can the church provide a strong third community uh, a third space. How third can the space. church third space? And and I think you know we could prescribe all we'd want to, but I think it really sure. comes down to looking at each uh, community and and your community. If you know our listeners, I, I want you to really understand. You know, we can give you a program and and it's not really going to work. Um, right. But if you get to know your community and its wants and needs, um, maybe look at having a way where you can um, do something that will make a difference in the community. Um, could just imagine what it would look like and how that would change the world. Mm. Um, you know, I, I think that that's something that we can really hone in on. Right. And, and that's what it comes down to. It's learning 
it's learning the community and the needs of the community. Um, I had a conversation yesterday with uh, a, a lady in my church who's very, very involved with food pantries and other organizations that help folks in our community. And I said, hey, what does it look like if we put a, a clothing pantry here? Um, and she said, well, we already have two in town that are very low cost, very minimal, and they're willing to give to those who can't afford. And I said, okay then let's not recreate the wheel. Uh, but let's continue to think along these lines of what does our community need? Um, and so when we look at our community, when we look at creating these third spaces, if we're recreating the wheel, if we're just creating another place, just like all the other places, who cares? It's not going to, it's not going to do this. It's not going to let people live into the fullness of their humanity. It's just going to create another space to take up our time, to take up our effort and really not be all that effective. Well, and I think that the the important thing is is looking at um, looking at the wants and needs mm -hmm. and, and being realistic and saying um, so there's two there's two stores in town. Um, what can we do to strengthen those two stores exactly? Um, maybe we have a box here that says, "Hey, give towards this," mm -hmm. and then we can do that. And then educating people when they come into the church, saying, "Hey, I need clothes. Hey, we can get you there," and, and having people in place. And one right. of the things that, like, we talked about in in Tahlequah, and we we asked our people to to give a survey of where they're serving. And one of the reasons why I wanted mm -hmm. to do that is I'm looking to create a community of people that um, will the the big thing will be. Um, so we have people that serve on boards and girls club um, board come to mm -hmm. the table. Let's talk about how we can pull our resources together and, and help each other out to do better ministry uh, for the world. And, and, and looking at how the church can be engaged in those places. Right. And, um, I'm really excited about this. We're, we're hoping um, we're hoping to get this off the ground and um, make huge strides. Now the deal is like um, going from there. Right. So, well, then I, I want to give our listeners, in case they don't have a uh, book of discipline and or a copy of the social principles, <laughs> uh, I, I want to give you, because we've talked a lot about this nurturing community, but I want to give you what, just the headings of the bullet points, basically, of what we, what we include in this, just that way, so you can be thinking about them. And if you want to dig deeper, please do. Um, and if you want to have that conversation with us of, oh, tell me more about this, we can have that conversation. Uh, the nurturing community includes culture and identity, the family, marriage, divorce, single persons, women and men, human sexuality, family violence and abuse, sexual abuse, sexual harassment, abortion, uh, adoption, ministry with those who have experienced abortion. Sorry, I got those out of order. Uh, faithful care for dying persons, suicide, sexual assault, pornography, uh, bullying, uh, those are all included in the nurturing part, in the nurturing community of our social principles. We have something to say about all of those things. And the end of the day, it's to bring fullness to humanity, right? It's to uh, well, bring and, dignity and, to people. And I want to bring back in what Neil had said, and I think this is right. important. This is the thing that for me really uh, brought these in the full force with, with that, is one of the things that Neil said was that the um, social principles are a call to action. Right. 
And so each one of those things that Zach read off will have some kind of call to action. Right. Now, here's the thing. Some of those you're going to agree with and like, yeah, I can do that. And some of those you're not going to agree with. Right. And I understand that shouldn't make or break your love and, and care for the, for the United Methodist Church. Right. Um, if you can say, I don't agree with this one and just say, okay, I don't agree with this one, but I agree with this one. Okay. I'm, you know, um, maybe I'll work, try to work for change in that one and right. work, you know, Hey, I actually can still do work because I believe in group with that church. Right. Um, and I think that that's important because I think far too often in this polarized society that we live in, what has happened is, is if you stand on one issue in one particular mm -hmm. way, that means you stand on that right. across the board. And, and that's a very modern way of black and white of thinking. And right. when the real reality is, is that you can think one way on one thing right. and you can feel another way about another issue Right. And, and just because those two may not mesh up and it's hard to understand that, uh -huh. um, that doesn't mean that like you're a particular person. Um, right. I think that that's important because we live in a society today. It says, if you believe this particular way on marriage, then you've got to believe this particular way on immigration right. or anything else like that. Right. And, and sometimes for some people that doesn't reconcile that right. there's a reason, there's a story behind that. And, and to me, the biggest thing is, is to know people's story and to know why right. people are the way that they are. Because you're, we are not people that are black and white and everything right. is just cut and dry. And because you feel this particular way about this issue, that's who you are. Right. Um, and I think that when we think about these things and you dive into these, you're going to notice there are going to be things that you agree with. And you're like, yeah, like, yes, I'm glad they said this. Or they didn't go far enough and I want to go far enough. And, and right. you know, do work for justice. Well, um, and, and, and that's the whole reason we want to bring these up and bring these to attention, uh, even just very basically, is so that you dig into them and that you do wrestle with them and, and you find out where you are and you can answer the why why you believe the way you believe, why you agree with this, why you disagree with this, instead of just, like Matt said, living on a black and white side of right and wrong, or I agree and I don't agree. So every, you know, there, we have the permission, we have the opportunity to wrestle with these things. Um, there, there is plenty within our social principles that Matt and I like and dislike about them. Um, and that I think all, Methodist pastors and Methodist people who have read them like and dislike about them. And it's, it's, if you don't know them, you can't, um, you can't create change. You can't step forward and speak to them, uh, in, in one way or another. And so to do that, we must, we must read into these, we must wrestle with them because their intent, there is a call to action and it's to bring that fullness to humanity. And so if we don't know them, if we just disagree in heading uh, without digging into why, um, we're not any, any better off. Um, I think these are something we should wrestle with. Well, and I think that that's the call. During Lent, you know, we're supposed to strengthen our faith and we're supposed to strengthen our connection and recenterness. Right? right. And I think that if, if you're looking, if you're still looking for something, even though we're like three weeks into Lent, um, well, two, but technically three Sundays, but right. we won't get into the, that technicality. <laughs> Um, but I think if you're really wrestling with it and you can say, you know, find out why, ask the question, why, why is this troubling? Why do I agree with this? Why do I disagree with this? And I think right. the more we wrestle with that, I, I think, I really believe that, that we can grow the church in a way that people can feel like they understand their faith when we start mm -hmm. actually examining it instead of us sitting here, you know, we could have read from these and we could have told you which ones we liked and disliked and why and, right. and all that stuff. And it becomes our opinion and, and, right. But, but the real thing, how faith grows is through conversation and mm -hmm. through, um, you know, getting to know the other side, why, you know, if you disagree with it, find out why, like dig into it. Like, exactly. I, I think we grow more when we do that than if mm -hmm. we just stand firm and stand 
uh, stubborn headed and, and refuse to change. And the reason why I say this is because as we're entering in the Lent, one of the things you'll notice in the gospel readings as the religious authorities yeah. become stubborn headed about how God works in the world, notice how God changes some of their minds. Right. Right. And, and to me that, 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 that's just, that's the question I'm always asking myself. Am I being a religious leader or am I being like Jesus? Because right. there is a difference between the two. There is a difference. And, and so I would choose for the, the Jesus side. Way better. <laughs> right. Cause I've seen how the other side ends up. Yeah. And so for me that, the, I think the challenge this week is as you dive into those, please dive into them. Like go buy for like five bucks. Or even, yeah. yeah. Pick one of these I mean, up, Google and it. Want, and um, if you want to be like super Methodist, go buy a book of discipline. <laughs> and and heaven forbid that Methodists actually read the book of discipline. Right. Um, you know, our, 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 our dear friend, uh, Adam Hamilton, uh, tells his story that he came to faith through the book of discipline. Right. And so, you know, there, there's some, there's some things in there that are, free. there's some good stuff. And um, if you don't want to buy a book of discipline, your church library should, should have one. And if there's not one on the shelf, Go ask Some, your pastor. Somebody stole two of mine, so we won't. <laughs> so that happens. But that's, but that's what we want you to do. We want you to read through these, wrestle with them, ask that question why. Let that be uh, your spiritual discipline for, for Lent. Why? And, and, and answer that for yourself because uh, that is how we grow. That's how we grow as people, how we grow as, uh, through, through um, spirituality and, and our faith, and it's just how we just how we grow as people. Um, and so uh, we want to invite you to check out beardedtheologians.com. We have a, uh, we have some awesome blogs. We have some, uh, we have our past. If you've not caught up on Lent, our Lent series on the social principles, listen to those. Neil Christie was on last week and it was wonderful. Uh, we invite you to start there if anything, and then go back a week and then go to this one. Um, Cause Neil talks about a lot of, in-depth stuff here in in the social principles and why we we do what we do as Methodists and how we wrestle with that and and just come together um so we want to invite you to do that uh buy a shirt buy a coffee mug uh St. Patrick's Day is coming up we don't have anything that's green but coffee mugs are great uh those help us go to fund the podcast and do this uh on a weekly basis and we appreciate all of our listeners and all of the support that you give us uh keep having the conversation with us um on all of our social media pages. Uh, if you'll go to Google Play and iTunes, uh, give us a five-star rating and a bad review, whatever you want to do. Uh, just give us those five stars so that way people get exposed to this podcast and the word gets out more. Uh, we want to thank you for everything. Uh, for the Bearded Theologians, I'm Zach Bechtold. And I'm Matt Franks. Thanks for checking us out. Thank you for listening to the Bearded Theologians podcast. We hope you've enjoyed listening and we hope that you share our content online uh, through Facebook and social media. And we hope that you check out our uh, Beardcast store at beardedtheologians.com and pick up some great Bearded Theologians gear. We hope you have a good day.